So, church, you know that we're in our series called Different. My desire, my hope for us as a church as in, and individuals is that we will be different as Jesus uh, calls us to be if we're his followers. If you're not a Jesus follower this morning, my prayer for you is that as you listen and as you hear what God has to say to you, as he reveals himself to you, you will begin to put your faith and trust in him and become a follower. So this morning we are continuing in our series and we're in Matthew chapter 5 verses 13 to 16. And in these verses, we're going to listen to what Jesus Jesus has to say to his disciples on who they are, what he's calling them to be, what he, how he's calling them to live and to function in the, in the world. It is amazing. It is mind-blowing. It will give you a purpose. It will give you a mission. It will give you something to, to live for, something to give uh, the best years of our lives towards. And so let me set things up for us this way and, and ask you to think about this. Who played the most influential role in your life? Who had great influence in your life? Who made a great impact in your life? Or who's making a great impact in your life right now? Can you think about that? Does a name pop up to say, wow, this person had great impact in my life? Perhaps you say, it is my mom. Perhaps you say, your dad. Perhaps you say a teacher in high school or varsity. Perhaps you say it's a friend of yours. Who is it? A boss that you worked with, perhaps? Who has had the most impact and the most influence in your life? Influence the way that you think. Influence the way that you, you, you live your life. Maybe it's something you read or something that you watched on, on, on TV that impacted you so much that you're, you change the way that you did things, you change the way that you thought, you change the way that you, you, you spoke. So who is it that had influence over your life? Because that's what we're talking about here this morning. Well, at least that's what Jesus is speaking about this morning to his disciples. And the, the, the verses that we're going to be looking at from verses 13 to 16, there's three very simple uh, uh, illustrations that Jesus uses, very simple things that Jesus says, but they have massive impact if you and I were to listen to them and to uh, uh, to live them out. And so here's, here's what Jesus says. He says that you're salt, you're light, you're a city on a hill. Very simple concepts. It's things that even the people that were listening to Jesus could understand. It's things that you and I can understand this morning. And so as we get into these things and listen to Jesus, I want you to notice how simple these things are. And yet they have a massive impact and influence in our lives and in the people who are around us. And that's what Jesus wants as he speaks to his disciples. This is the very thing that he wants them to realize. So let me read for us Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 to 16, as we listen to Jesus in these verses. Come with me. Let me, let me read for us. Verse 13. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by men. Verse 14, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. Verse 16, in the same way, 
Let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Jesus is saying, listen, as a, as a Jesus follower, as a disciple, as somebody who's come to put his faith and trust and who's obedient to me and following me, this is who you are. You are meant to be having an making an impact. You are meant to be having influence over people who are interacting with you. And so this morning, we're, we're going to look at three things. So let's just get straight into it. I hope you got your Bible open, pen and notebook or some device to take down some key things that Jesus wants to bring to your attention this morning and to speak to you about. So the first thing that he says is there in verse 13, he says, you are salt, you are the salt of the earth. That's what Jesus calls us. So church, notice this, Jesus says, you are He's speaking to his disciples. Can I just remind us of that? There's a crowd that is also gathered, but he's not, he's not into crowds. He's into those that have seriously come to follow him and listen to him. And he says, you, and it's an emphatic you. He says, you and only you. And so you need to pay attention. You need to sit up. You need to, you need to uh, listen very carefully to what I'm going to say because I'm speaking to you. I'm speaking to you and only you who can do the things that I'm calling you to do. So in high school, I had a teacher who used to say to us, boys, listen, listen very carefully to what I'm about to tell you because it could come in your exam at the end of the term. And so everybody set up because they knew that this guy, whenever he said that, he was serious. And so if you paid attention, you will pass the exam as he is giving us forewarning. And so it was important. And so that's what Jesus is saying. He says, you, a Jesus follower, I want you to pay attention. I want you to notice a, a couple of things. You are the salt of the earth. Only you can be sold because of your relationship with me, because you've come to follow me, you've come to know me, to put your, your life in my hands. And because you've done that, you have a new identity, you have a new purpose, you have a new mission by which you live. And this is how you ought to function as you deal with the world. You don't run away from the world, you don't hide away from the world, because if you remember... The previous verses, verses 11 and 12, he said, Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness, for theirs is the uh, uh, greatest their reward in heaven. So who wants to be persecuted? What is your most natural response? What is your most natural response to persecution, to opposition, to people that come against you and challenge you? My most uh, 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 natural response is to, is to run is to hide, is to remove myself, is to take myself out of that situation and not have to come back again and again into something where I'm being mistreated and persecuted. Well, I, I went on a walk with my son the other day. And uh, while we were walking, my neighbor left, one of our neighbors left, the gate opened and the dog ran out. And as soon as my son saw the dog, Two things happened to him. Number one, he froze for a couple of seconds. And then the second thing, I think something clicked in his mind and he wanted to run. So I anticipated this was going to happen. And so I grabbed him before he went off. Because listen, my son is quicker than me. He is faster than me. If he runs, he might get away and then the dog will come for me. So I stopped him before he did that. 
And that's our most natural response when we see opposition or danger, when we are in conflict and people are persecuting us, the most natural thing for us to do is to run. And so Jesus now comes and he says to his disciples in verse, in verse 13, listen, we don't run away from the world. We don't hide away because of persecution. Here's who you are. Here's the purpose. Here's your function. You are salt in the earth, in your community, in your society, wherever it is that Jesus has placed you. So C4, here's what you need to know about salt. Let's talk about salt for a bit. In ancient times, salt had real value. It was real currency. At times, the Roman, the Roman Empire paid the Roman soldiers in salt. And instead of coins, the word salary, did you know this? The word salary actually comes from the, from the root word salt. Did you know that? Please put that in the comment section, yes or no. The root word to the word salary comes from um, the word salt. So picture the C4. Here you are. It's payday. And you know how it's like when it's payday for you, right? You get all excited. You, life is good. Life is perfect. Even in the pandemic, life is good on the day when you get that notification that you've been paid. Well, until the debit orders start coming off and then life falls apart once more. So imagine payday. And there you are. You're a Roman soldier. You line up to get paid and you get bags and bags of salt. For you and I in 2021, that will not be funny, isn't it? That will not be uh, something to look forward to. It is not a joke. It is not a funny joke for you and I in 2021. But if you are living in ancient days, if you are li living in ancient times, getting bags of salt was real value. It, was, it had real worth. You can go and trade it for, for coins and for gold. You can go and do all sorts of things because salt was a valuable commodity in that time. So watch what Jesus is saying here. Church, don't miss what Jesus is saying. It is not the main point, but it is surely one of the things that he's saying and pointing out to his disciples. He's saying that you have worth. You have great value to the world. But here's the main point that Jesus is saying. Salt might look insignificant, might look small, yet it has great value and can make a great impact even in your society. So questions for this morning. Why salt? Why salt? Why is Jesus talking about salt? And just by the way, salt is the only rock that you can eat. Did you know that? Salt is the only rock that you and I as human beings can eat. But why salt? Jesus uses this, salt, this illustration of salt for two reasons. Number one, because salt, uh, 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 he talks about salt because of what it can do. So this morning, church, show of hands, and you can put it in the comments section. Either you can say, yes, that's me. How many of us add salt to food before we even taste it? How many of us do that? You just find yourself adding a little bit of salt before you even taste the food. I know a couple of people who are guilty of, of doing that. Uh, 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 some of us, we love our salt. Not so. We love our salt. We even love that yellow stuff called aromat. I'm not so sure if aromat qualifies as salt. You and I can talk about that offline, but I'm not so sure if it does qualify. So, salt adds flavor to food. Ever had a plate of food that is saltless, 
It is bland, isn't it? It is tasteless. Until you add a little bit of salt, it brings about flavor in the, in the food. Salt influences the taste, doesn't it? Adding salt to food impacts the taste of the food. But check this out, church. In ancient times, salt was not used just to flavor. It was mostly used to preserve so if you had a piece of meat, if you killed an animal and you wanted to preserve as much of that meat as you could, you would rub a lot of salt in it so that it could stop and de delay the process of decay and rotting. That's why it was, it was, um, it was valuable. Because if you could stop the delay, if you could delay the, the decaying process, the rotting process, that means you could trade it. That means you could exchange that meat for something else and you could actually make a little bit of money from that meat. So you rubbed a bit of uh, some salt into the meat and you could preserve it and the process of decaying would be delayed. So watch this. Jesus says, that is who you are. As a follower, as a disciple, here's your function, here's your calling, here's your purpose in the world. It is not to withdraw because you're being persecuted and, and finding opposition, finding Christianity hard, and then you withdraw yourself from society. No, here's your function, here's what I need you to do, and you, only you can do that. You need to function wherever it is that you are to delay the rotting process, to delay the decaying process in the world. So Jesus is saying a world without him, a world with, uh, that doesn't get to know him and come to him is a world that is busy decaying. My dear friends, I don't need to convince you of that truth. You can just look at the news. You can just read news online to see just how rotten our society is. All the murder all the rape that takes place, the corruption, why people would steal PPE money, why people steal money from the poor, that is rotten. All the lies and the hatred, the racism, I don't need to convince you of this. You know this because you and I live in this world. But not only are we here to slow down the decaying process in our society, we're also here to, to add a little bit of flavor wherever we are. So don't be that guy that, or that girl that people avoid because you're Mr. Moods or Mrs. Moods all the time. You're supposed to be uh, somebody that brings flavor, that brings a different way of thinking, that introduces a different way of speaking, that introduces a different way of living, that points people who are in a decaying situation, who are in a rotting uh, moral situation, to live differently, you're pointing people to a different way of life. So church, who are you influencing and how are you influencing them? Yours and my life needs to, to, to make an impact wherever it is that we are. And so one of the ways that you and I can stop the decay in our society is just by simply saying, listen, because I'm a Jesus follower, I'm going to obey Jesus in what he says. And one of the things that Jesus says is, do not lie to each other. So you take the decision that I'm, I'm going to stop lying to people. Because we live in a society, we live in a community and a culture that is built around lies. And if you don't believe me, why don't you go on, on social media? What is happening on Instagram? 
What are the things that people are posting? We lie about our lives. People lie about who they are. So you can bring a different flavor wherever it is that you are and be a person who speaks the truth, somebody who's open about their life, somebody who's open about their struggles and about some of the, the things that they stumble over in life. People need that. People are looking for genuine people. And you as salt can also make a decision that, listen, I, I'm going to stop envying people. I'm going to stop comparing myself. I'm going to stop playing this game. We all play this game now, right? You walk into a room, you try and size out where, what the packing order is. Not so, church. Or is it just a pastor who's fallen and broken in that way? You walk into a room and you try and size out where you fit in on the packing order. So as a, as a Jesus follower and as somebody who wants to preserve and stop the rot, you say to yourself, I don't want to live like that. In the office, with my friends, with my family, I'm no longer going to live my life like that. Comparing myself, competing. And so there's this, there's this cold war. There is this unspoken competition that happens amongst people. And for guys, it's, what car do you drive? What is it? How much horsepower do you have? Maybe that's you. For ladies, is what's the handbag that you're carrying? What's, what's, what, 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 what shoes are you wearing? What dress do you wear? Where do you shop? Where do you live? Maybe those are the things that you and I can come and say, listen, I'm, gonna I'm not going to live like that. I'm going to bring about flavor where I am, a breath of fresh air, something different, something that can cause someone to say, listen, I'm tired of this because people are tired of the, the way things are. They're looking for something different. And Jesus says, you... You and only you are the salt of the earth. You are here to stop the rot, to stop the decay. So my dear friends, can I ask you, see, for this morning, if you're a Christian, what influence do you have in your office and in your family, with your friends? You don't have to have a title to have influence. You don't need to have uh, uh, some, 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 some title, some accolade, some acknowledgement to have influence. Just as you are, Jesus says that you can have influence over people. You can, you, can, uh, 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 you can stop the rot and you can bring about flavor. Some of us just need to uh, uh, deregister from the school of PhD. We're working, we're working for P towards a PhD. You know what a PhD is? Pull him down or pull her down. Maybe the office is, is full of people with PhDs or working towards PhDs. But you as a Jesus follower, you do something different. You're here to compliment people. You're here to encourage people. You're here to be good to people. You're salt and you are flavor. So here's one thing that happens to me. It happens to me often as a pastor. I walk into a room and people are swearing before that and they, they just stop. Because the pastor has shown up. The conversation changes. And that's a good thing because we're stopping the rot from bad language being used. And that's what Jesus is calling us to be genuine about our lives, open with our lives, available as salt in our lives. But here's another thing about salt salt, when you add it to food, you know what happens? It just disappears, but it has an impact. It might look insignificant, but it has great impact when you add it 
to food. It brings about a different flavor. So that's the first thing Jesus says to his disciples. The second thing that Jesus says to his disciples, and these things are not complicated. Watch verse 14. He says that you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Verse 15, neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. Again, Jesus says emphatically, you and only you as a disciple, as a Jesus follower can do this, can live this way. I'm calling you to be different. I'm sending you on a mission. I'm giving your life purpose. I'm giving you something to live for that will impact and influence people. So listen, church. Salt is subtle. It disappears when you put it in food. It is hidden, and yet it has an impact in, in its function. But here, light. Light is not subtle, isn't it? When you light a switch, you walk into a room that is dark, and you light a, and you flip the switch. It is not subtle. The light will take over the darkness. It will rule over the darkness. And um, you and I know that this is what happens when you flip a switch. But we also know the opposite, living in Job, in Joburg, don't we? We have had load shedding. And so you and I know what happens when the lights go off suddenly. Don't you just hate it when load shedding happens unexpectedly and at night and you are busy cooking. You are halfway through cooking dinner and the lights go out. That is annoying, isn't it? And there is darkness that just takes over. My dear friends, can I tell you this, that there's a darkness that is active. There's a darkness in this world that wants to consume everything. There's a darkness in this world that wants to take over everything. And what I'm talking about here is not, is not Eskom switching us off. What I'm talking about here is, is a spiritual condition that is there in the world because men and women have chosen to live their lives without God. Men and women have chosen to turn away from God who is light, who is good, who is loving. We are now find ourselves in a state of darkness where there is sin and wickedness. Again, I don't have to convince you of this. I'm sure you live with yourself. You know some of the darkness in your own life. We see some of the darkness in uh, communities. You just need to read the news and watch people's lives to see just how dark it is. So when Jesus says that you are the light, he's saying that in a world without Jesus, in a world that has gone against Jesus, there is darkness. But he doesn't want to live the world in that way. And so you and only you have been sent and have been commissioned and have been given this task to go and combat the darkness wherever it is that you find people and darkness. So for the disciples listening to Jesus on the day, listening to him, listening to Jesus say, you are the light of the world, they would have been, they would have been shocked, but they would have also remembered that I've heard this before. This is familiar. And so it would have been familiar because the rabbis and the, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law used to use this, 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 the, uh, this phrase, you are the light of the world to boast and brag about 
themselves and to boast and brag about each other. So they'll say, Rabbi so-and-so, you are so good. You are the light of the world. And then that rabbi will say, no, 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 no. no. Rabbi so-and-so, you are so good. You are so perfect. And so you are the light of the world. You and I do this. We just use different words. You know yourself when people are paying you compliments. Say, oh, no, stop it. Stop it, but I like it. It's that sort of thing. So these, these disciples listening to Jesus will have said, well, I've heard that being said before. It's not a new term for me. But here's where it becomes shocking. Jesus is saying that you guys, you, the disciples, are the light of the world. And they would have looked at themselves and said, I'm not a rabbi. I'm not a Pharisee. I'm not a teacher of the law. I am not educated in the things of the law. And, and I'm not a theologian. So how can I be the light of the world? But notice what Jesus says. He says, just as with salt, you are. This is who you are. He doesn't say you shall be or one day you will be. He says right now, right here, this is your identity. This is how you function in the world. You are light. Wherever it is that you that, that I placed you, you have a responsibility. You don't hide away. You don't run away and exclude yourself and remove yourself from society. No, you go into the place that I've sent you and you function and you live your life as light. You shine in the darkness that is around you. My dear friends, can I just remind us that darkness in the Bible represents two things. Number one, it's spiritual ignorance. Spiritual ignorance and confusion about who God is. Do you know someone who's like that? Who is ignorant about who God is? Somebody who's confused about what God has called them to be and what God, is, what, what God has done for them in Christ Jesus. Ignorant about God and who he is and how he's called us to be in relationship with him. Paul had that situation when he went into Athens and he saw all the idols, all these, these monuments built to commemorate all the gods. There was even one that said to the unknown God, Ignorance, didn't know who God is. In darkness, when it comes to knowing God. And so Jesus is saying, listen, where, wherever it is that you are, you're shining light. You're bringing people to a realization. Your job, your function is to switch on lights, spiritual lights in people's hearts so that they get to know God. Introduce them to Jesus, the wonderful Savior who died for sinners so that they would not perish and continue to live in ignorance and in confusion. People live in confusion, confused about what to do next. Confused about their lives and, their, and, and what they're here for. But you, my dear friends, you can have an impact. You have been called to, to have influence. And that influence is to bring people to a knowledge of who God is and His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And the second thing, the second use of darkness in the Bible, darkness means evil and sin. People want to do sin. They want to do what they want when they want with whom they want, and here's the catch, no questions asked. 
I don't want to be, I don't want to answer to anybody for my lifestyle. You don't get to tell me anything about my lifestyle. So I want to do that which pleases me, which is most of the time contrary to God, because that's what the Bible says, that our hearts are always towards sin and wickedness and rebellion. I want to live my life my way and not have any judgment and guilt at all. But you as the light... You are there to function and to, to bring light to that situation. To say to, to your colleagues in your office, your friends and your family that this, listen, this is not how God has created you. This is not what God has created you for. You are not the person that God created you to be. And so the only way to be right, to be the person God has called you to be, is to come to submission into obedience to his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Turn away from the darkness. Turn away from sin and wickedness. That's what repentance is all about. Repent and believe in Jesus. Turn away from the way that you're going and turn towards Jesus. That's what your job is, is to shine the light of the gospel. It is to shine the reality of who Jesus is in dark places. Do you know friends who you look at their lives and you say they're in darkness? They are either ignorant about who God is or they are living in habitual uh, rebellion against God. Do you know that? And uh, uh, do you know people like that? And if we continue to ignore people like that and to remove ourselves from people like that, they are going into a Christless eternity. But Jesus says, listen, you, you and only you can function as light wherever it is that I have placed you. Watch this church. He says that in a dark, in a dark world, you light a lamp, verse 15, neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. That makes no sense. But notice what you do. Instead, you put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. Listen, my dear friends, some of us, we are spoiled for light, isn't it? You've got a light on your phone, you've got a little torch when it's dark, you can turn on your phone and you can see. You've got, you've got light everywhere. You got light every access to light everywhere. But in Jesus' day, in ancient times, this was a luxury. This was something really important to have. It made an impact in a dark room. And that's what Jesus is calling us to do. And notice what he says. He says you put it on its stand. You put it in a strategic place where it will have the most impact in a dark room. You put it in a place where it can have the most influence and light up the room. Isn't that awesome? This is what Jesus is calling us to be. So what will that look like wherever it is that God has placed you? What will you look like as the light wherever it is God has placed you? And then, my dear friends, before we pray together and finish our time, uh, uh, there's something that Jesus speaks about. There's two things that Jesus speaks about. One of well, the first is a, is a warning, and then the second is a positive thing. So let's have a quick look at that before we pray together. Check out verse 13. He says, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by men. So he gives a warning. He gives a warning here. You could lose your saltiness. And then verse 15, neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. So what is Jesus saying? How is it that you can lose your saltiness? Well, if you're a scientist and science tells us that salt can't really lose its saltiness. 
but it can be contaminated. And in Jesus' day, they didn't have factories like you and I. We do and the technology to, to produce pure salt. So sometimes the salt was contaminated with sand or with, with dirt. And it becomes good for nothing. It becomes useless. So what is Jesus saying? Don't be contaminated. Don't be compromised. Because here's the real truth, my dear friends. For, for some of us as Jesus followers this morning, we've been contaminated by the world because we want to live in the world. We also want to live for Jesus. Some of us have been compromised because of the things that we, we have done, because of our thoughts and our words. We are now compromised. Our witness is compromised. Listen to what Jesus says. Uh, if it's not salt, if it's not salty again, it can't be made salty. It is only good to be thrown out and trampled by men. What does it mean by trampled by men? It's a curious little phrase, isn't it? It's thrown out to be trampled by men. It's, he's saying that even the world knows how you and I ought to live as Christians. Did you know that? Your non-Christian friends, they know how you and I ought to live as Christians. But when we don't do that, when we compromise our faith, when we compromise our witness, we become useless. And even they will come back and say, listen, if this is what it means being a Christian, I'm not interested. The difference, are you compromised? Are you salt that has become contaminated in some way? Maybe it's a pattern of thought. Maybe it's the attitude of your heart. Maybe it's the, the way that you do things, the way that you've organized your life. Maybe it's the way that you speak. That has caused you to be compromised. The lifestyle that you've chosen to live. So you, now you have zero witness. Zero influence over people's lives for Jesus. And then verse 15 he says, No one lights a lamp and uh, puts it under a bowl. Who does that? That is crazy, isn't it? The whole point of lighting a lamp is so that it can shine. A hidden lamp. Check this out from, from Jesus. A, a hidden lamp is... Useless. It's not serving its purpose. It is not functioning the way that it was designed and manufactured to, to work. It is utterly useless. So I need to ask myself this morning, if I become saltless, if I become an ineffective lamp under a bowl, what impact, what influence as a Jesus follower am I having in the world right now? So that's the warning that Jesus gives. And here's the positive thing that Jesus tells his disciples. Again, in verse 13, you are the salt of the earth. Guys, check this out. Who is Jesus speaking to here? Remember, he's speaking to these 12 disciples, these 12 guys who put their faith and trust in him, who are saying that we are here to, to, to follow you. And he says to these 12 guys, listen, you are going to have influence. You have influence and impact in the world. Notice what he says. You are the salt of the earth and you are the light, verse 14, the light of the world. He doesn't say that you guys are the salt in Galilee or the light in Jerusalem. He says to the world. He's speaking to these 12 guys who are semi-educated, who are poor, who have no influence in society, who are nobodies, no standing, no stature in society. And he says, you, you guys, I'm calling you on a mission. I'm giving you something to live for, something that will cause you to have great, massive impact if you choose to believe it. And not only in your society, not only in your community, but in the world. Did that happen, church, this morning? The answer is yes. 
You and I are reading about it because these guys took Jesus' words seriously and they, be, they had great influence 2,000 years later. You and I are here because of their, of their faithfulness and their trust and faith in Jesus. And so these are ordinary guys. Nothing special about them. Because when you and I talk about having influence and impact, we think that, well, I need to have some sort of, dis uh, some sort of position. I need to have some sort of gifts and talents that will make an impact. Jesus is saying, no, is in your everyday, ordinary life, you must make a choice and say, I'm going to be different. I'm going to treat people differently. I'm going to interact with people differently. I'm here to introduce people to Jesus and to, to show them uh, what Jesus has done so that they don't live in ignorance and in sin. I'm going to do this wherever it is that God has placed me. Folks, watch verse 13 and 14 closer. Salt of the world. Ordinary lives. Verse 14. Light of the world, ordinary lives having massive impact in society and in community. So listen to this church. Jesus is inviting these disciples on an incredible journey, on an incredible, unbelievable journey where God will transform them by the power of his spirit, where they will recognize that the only way to live is to come under the lordship of Jesus. And once I've come to know Jesus in relationship, he's sending me out on this amazing journey, this amazing mission to influence and impact the world with the gospel of Jesus. So church, Jesus is calling you this morning. Jesus is calling me this morning as a follower to be the same way. And so I need to rethink, how am I being salt? How am I like salt wherever it is that I spend the day? How am I a light in, in darkness wherever it is that Jesus is, has, 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 has placed me? So I need to rethink how I use my time. I need to rethink how I use my money. I need to rethink how I use my resources. Am I using all these things to bring about glory and honor? To God, Because that's what Jesus speaks about here in verse 16. Check this out. In the same way as you're functioning as light shining before men, that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. They may see the good deeds that you, you, you love people. You care about people. You're committed to people. You're committed to sharing them, sharing with them the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And as we do good deeds, whatever it is that God has placed in our hands to do, as we do that diligently, as you do your work diligently, as you, as you, as we go about changing society, uh, as we feed the hungry and take care of the orphan, the widow, and the poor, people ought to see that and say, "There is a God at work in them." These guys have a father. Not only do they speak about him, but they live passionately for him. And they'll give praise to the father in, in heaven. So listen, see, for as I end, what needs to start happening for you as a Jesus follower to be salt and light? What needs to start happening today? My dear friends, what needs to stop happening today? in order for you to be salt and light, as Jesus has called you to. Listen, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. This is who you are. What impact and influence is your life having for the gospel? Come, let's pray together.